Good afternoon, everyone in America and around the world. This is All You Need to Know Radio, and I am your host, John Hollywood. People all my life have doubted me. They Then came the success of my first company at 19 years old. Now I've been on the radio for over 18 years with two different number one shows. Luckily, we have been blessed that way. Now I'm being asked, what is next? My response was very easy. In the words of the iconic Madonna, I want to rule the world. I want to do it in a different way, however. I want to educate the world with the truth where our country is right now. I am ready for the challenge. The question is, do you want to come along for the journey of your life with me? We shall see as All You Need to Know Radio starts right now.
Good evening, everybody, and welcome to All You Need to Know Radio. We are at a little bit later today just because of all the craziness going on in the world. But understand, we will survive. We've survived worse. So I dedicate this song to everybody, and we'll be right back. Tonight, we're going to talk about, first of all, is it time for President Donald Trump to stop with these stimulus packages to major corporations and actually freeze mortgages, freeze utilities, freeze anything that affects consumers financially as we did not cause the coronavirus. He did. That's what we'll discuss with our constitutional lawyer, Almost Warwick, which he joins us live in just a couple of minutes. Here's a song dedicated to the listeners. Everybody, if you're living with somebody, don't get frustrated with them. Listen.
Good evening, everybody, and welcome to All You Need to Know Radio. I'm your host, John Hollywood. <clears throat> Beyonce, listen, meaning listen to all the people that are telling your asses to stay home. These young people, maybe if Beyonce tells you, you will listen. I'm still seeing pictures of you on the fucking beaches. Let me tell you something. You could be taking something home to your grandparents and literally killing them. How are you going to feel about that? Grow the fuck up. This is a new world that we live in, and I don't know what else to say. You know, I saw a picture of a young kid. I say young because I'm 52 years old. He's probably 20-something, and it was a great picture of him. It was a hot kid. What the fuck are you doing in the gym? Stop posting pictures. Damn it. (laughs) Hi, almost. (laughs) Hello, Mr. Hollywood. How are you doing? Uh little frustrated. Been uh-huh. caught up at home. You know, Judge Clay Jenkins, his order's being ignored, and so many people are going to go to jail. This judge does not mess around with his orders. They may not, may not be in jail yet because judge, the, courts, the courts and the judge, jails don't need to be overcrowded. Trust me, he won't forget who they are, and he will go after them when this is over, and we will survive. What I'm more interested in is what about the businesses that are open in defiance of the uh, shelter-in-place order? Because there is quite a lot of non-essential businesses that are – I mean, you know, I – I'm – You want to text them to me and I'll name do so. Um, But, I mean, I'm talking about restaurants and um, coffee shops and – other retail stores that um, are in violation of the shelter-in-place order by staying open. Well, trust me, I know Clay mm-hmm. Jenkins. I haven't met, I haven't talked to him in quite a while, but I do know who he is, and he's a judge mm-hmm. you don't mess with. <laughs> no, he you don't. You're you're job. absolutely right that Clay Jenkins is a serious judge and violating the order of the Commissioner's Court of Dallas County. It's not quite the same as the civil district courts. Um, where typical lawsuits are handled. This is more like um, an administration court that handles uh, general government services in Dallas County and um, violation contempt of the order to shelter in place um, from any commissioner's court. You know, similar orders have been issued in Austin and San Antonio. Um, and violation of the order can result in civil or criminal contempt, and yes, it can result in a jail sentence as well as fines and um, other matters that are just. You know, the punishment for contempt has to fit the crime. You know, if you're walking down the street walking your dog, you're probably not going to jail. But, um, you know, as you correctly identified, John, um, doing reckless things like going to a public gym that probably should be closed. And then also, you know, being out in the general public, for example, an essential business like a grocery store really is a stupid, stupid thing to do given the state of the health emergency and something that people appear to be doing every day. And it's going to result in elderly people dying as you correctly identified. I I don't get it. What has to happen? I mean, there's an order in place that you can actually mm-hmm. lose your freedom. They're being mm-hmm. they're telling you that you can literally take this disease home and maybe you're not gonna die. Maybe you get it and you will 
be okay. And let's make Mm -hmm. sure we understand the name of this virus is the coronavirus, the CD uh, or COVID-19, I believe, is the right way to say it. But it's not the Chinese virus, the Chinese virus, and why the president keeps saying that, even today at his press conference, I just – I don't get – I'm, well, I'm baffled. I mean, to, to, to answer the question, I think it's more of a rhetorical question, but it's because he's a blatant racist. <laughs> and trust me, that gives almost no pleasure to say. It, it really doesn't. And, you know, for the year or so that we've been doing this radio show together, I have become more blunt in my assessment, you know, towards the during the kind of original time when you asked me on this show around the Mueller report, you know, it was clear that Trump was an unusual president and was, you know, there was a reasonable chance that he was in fact compromised by Russia and was ignoring many of the typical rules that presidents live by, such as being the president for the whole country rather than just the people who voted for him. And because I respect the office of the presidency, I really, really do. You know, being the president of the United States is an incredibly challenging job. I wouldn't want to do it. And, you know, I respect that office. You could do it a lot better. so, yeah, I, I, I was trying to – well, thank you. <laughs> I was trying to not pass too harsh a judgment on the man in the public forum out of respect for the office. But after another year and a half of his actions and misrepresentations and bald-faced lies that kill people and wreck the economy, I just – I stopped pulling punches. I – He's a racist. Call a spade a spade. Well, and the other thing is that he's worried about his precious economy. So he's thinking mm-hmm. about reopening everything earlier. First of all, I don't think he has any credibility left Amer- with Americans nor the world mm-hmm. leaders. And I don't think most mm-hmm. of people would actually listen to him. Do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there are definitely people who are still listening to him. I'm not sure if this is something that we're going to you're intending to discuss later on in the show, but apparently, I think it was two days ago, a gentleman in Arizona cure from malaria to Died. cure his COVID-19, and he passed away exactly. But um, he, let's be so, clear, he did mm-hmm. buy the kind that you what what kind he bought the wrong kind. Yeah, it wasn't exactly the right thing, but it doesn't matter. The the reason he drank that poison without seeing a doctor is because he listened to the president of the United States say that it would cure his disease. So does Um, that make the president an accomplice to murder? I'm – (laughs) that's – I don't know about murder. I think – If there were – yeah, exactly. If there were some form of homicide that he would be charged with as some sort of accessory to, I don't – I think that it's hard as a public figure to catch that kind of charge, and certainly the attorney general of the United States 
would who would be the person who would have to make that kind of charge? Actually, no. Under under the memorandum, he cannot be indicted. Uh, from so so the the um, office of um, legal counsel in the White House has issued a memorandum that says under their understanding, this is from 1970s, from Nixon era, under their understanding of the Constitution, the president cannot be indicted. And that's why Mueller did not indict Trump for obstruction of justice. Um, that is the only and, reason he did not indict him. Correct. That is, in fact, the only reason he did not indict him. As he stated in his report and his testimony, he said it in a roundabout way, which is one of the reasons why I'm very disappointed with the messaging that Mueller and his team um, did. The report itself is good. The messaging was garbage. But um, re- regardless of point, your question was, would could Donald Trump be charged for some sort of homicide, manslaughter, because of his false statements made in the public forum in the press briefing? The answer is legally, theoretically, interestingly, maybe. But um, as a practical matter, no, because he's the president and can't be indicted. <laughs> so That's that was kind answer. of a very long-winded answer to your fourth suggestion, but I, I think it's instructive of how disgusting this president is that it's a reasonable question to ask if he should be indicted for some form of homicide or manslaughter. Well, what I'm trying to do is not give him any airtime. So here's one right. of his – associates that's talking today at a press conference a few minutes ago. Um, I think those of you who heard the town hall, we are continuing to accelerate testing at a record rate. Um, We now have 370,000 tests that have been done. Um, Majority of those over 220,000 in the last eight days, which is those of you who have been tracking the South Korea numbers, put us equivalent to what they did in eight weeks that we did in eight days. This was made possible because of the HHS team working together, bringing together the strength of the FDA with the CDC and under the leadership of Secretary Azar. We're very proud of those numbers, but we know that we have to do more, and we continue to accelerate in testing to ensure that those who need the test are tested first and have access. As we talked about yesterday, we're working on the ability for people to take their own sample. That does not mean home testing. That means taking your own sample in the front of your nose um, with available swabs into normal saline that can be transported to the laboratories. That will allow and free up all of the drive-throughs to be very sparing on PPE, because you'll be able to do that with gloves rather than the full PPE outfits. This will allow for more of that PPE to be dedicated to our hospitals. Um, I think those of you who are tracking this epidemic closely, like I am, you will begin to see that there is encouraging results coming out of Italy. Um, we are impressed by the the decreases that are seen in mortality, the number of people succumbing to this illness, and the number of new cases. Our new cases will continue to surge because we're still working on our backlog, although we will be in touch with the laboratories after this press conference to really find out how many are still in backlog and how many were run in the last 24 hours. Until we can get into a 24-hour cycle, we're going to have disproportional number of new cases compared to the actual new cases. And we will let you know when we've reached that equilibrium. Finally, and I know Dr. Fauci will talk about this further, we remain deeply concerned about New York City and the New York metro area. 
about 56% of all the cases in the United States are coming out of that metro area, and 60% of all the new cases are coming out of the metro New York area, and 31% of the people succumbing to this um, disease. It means, because they still are at the 31% mortality compared to the other regions of the country, that we can have a huge impact if we unite together. This means, as in all places, they have to be following the presidential guidelines that were put out. Okay, so so people are fleeing New York and taking this disease mm-hmm. everywhere else. Why are they not stopping them? <laughs> well, I just want to be very, very clear that that I believe that sec, um, uh, press secretary Grissom, Stephanie Grissom, who was just speaking, and she, the first sentence of the recording that you just played for us contained a material misrepresentation of facts. The reason that so much more testing has occurred and why the state of New York has been shown to be the new epicenter in the United States ooh, ooh, for I know, COVID-19. I know, I know, I know, I know. What is it? <laughs> it's because we're finally fucking testing. They've been exactly, telling us John, and, and Andrew Cuomo, the governor of the state of New York, and the New York uh, Health and Human Services Department is the one that's responsible for the dramatic increase in testing, and she took credit, said the federal government under Trump and Health and Human Services are the ones who did all the testing, and that is a material misrepresentation of facts. Even when they're talking about the basic – yeah, exactly, a lie. Even when they're talking about the basic facts as to who's doing the testing, they cannot tell the truth to the American public because the truth is they did not do a good job in the run-up to this pandemic, and they're desperately trying to elide blame so that it does not destroy their election chances which is a disgusting way of going about things. I'm sorry. I'm so upset by the way the, the politics are, of COVID-19 are playing out in the White House. The, you know, it's like every time you think the Trump White House could not stoop to a newer low, they do they it do. over yeah. and over again. I'm so disgusted. Well, and I hate to say it, but I said this was mm-hmm. going to happen. And I've been you saying did. from the beginning, and I will keep saying it, It's going to get way, 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 way worse before it gets better, is what my contacts are telling me. Millions are going to die. And I mean, I just want to put it out there because that's what's going to happen. 600 or so confirmed COVID-19 cases have resulted in deaths in America. Um, Something like a week ago, that number was eight. Um, It's going to get worse. It's going to go a lot worse, and I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm, in general, I like to be fact and evidence-based. All of your listeners should practice social isolation and appropriate hygiene to prevent transmission to themselves and, more importantly, to the elderly in their community who are likely to actually pass away if they contract the disease. So, hey, almost. I mean, there's uh, a lot to say head. there, but. Go ahead. Copperhead, Copperhead wants to talk to you. He, he actually just stole my line. Um, but I was going to say, yes, it's going to get worse, but with the proper etiquette, the proper rules that we're following with this uh, separation, with the washing your hands, with all these things that he just expressed, 
that's going to help minimize some of this. We may not have millions die if everybody mm-hmm. does their part. And part of this you started the show with was who the penalties will go to. What about the owners of these businesses who are opening them, tempting these people to even utilize them and to congregate? That's going to be a huge step for the judge to decide. Individuals, yes, they may be guilty, but these corporations that are causing these temptations and these uh, surges of people congregating are going to be even more liable. And, you know, that, that conduct, I agree with you, Copperhead, and um, I appreciate your comments. That conduct of, open, of keeping a business open, um, like a physical office or a physical retail store open, when there is a shelter-in-place order from the, from the county commissioner, should be criminal. It is gross. And I agree with you that there should be some form of punishment. I'm skeptical that severe punishment will be meted out, but um, I wouldn't be shocked if there were at least a few cases um, where – the Especially local the government, the Dallas County, issued um, contempt orders as to businesses that were remaining open in violation of the order. I think Especially it would be appropriate. Like I would support that. Are unnecessary. When you're, right. when you're looking at gyms that are completely unnecessary and completely um, congregating people for no reason other than they don't want to do their push-ups or sit-ups at home or skip a gym day, that's, that's ridiculous. You're talking about and part of it, you know, I, I do have empathy. I can see the need for those. You know, I do have empathy for the small business owner. I'm a small business owner myself. Oh, absolutely. You know, shutting your door is detrimental to your income. reduces your revenue. Food on your table. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, that's one of the interesting things about this pandemic and the response, the lack of response to it has showed just how vulnerable um, – the average retail worker, the average low-wage worker in America really is, and the policy um, you're, you're is – to the choir with some of that because I only have one member of my company. Right, exactly, <laughs> and, and so you know, the, the policies as put forth by the left, by the progressive wing of the Democratic Party – You're ever starting to like, stop that. It's going all over the air. Go ahead. I'm sorry, um, almost. No, you're fine, sir. So things like, for example, um, family medical leave, paid sick days for hourly and part-time employees, something that other developed countries have written to their law. I mean, Mexico has, I believe it's 14 paid sick days or vacation days per year, even for the lowest paid jobs in their economy. We don't have that basic protection in America. And Well, let me take it a step further than that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that will change a lot of our corporations when they're not operating like that? I actually know corporations who limit people's uh, hourly income so they can't get health insurance and then teach them how right. to get on welfare so they can supplement their income with a job that they should be paying them enough for a living income. All right, everybody, let me stop you real quick. This is All You Need to Know Radio, and we are commercial-free because of the coronavirus. We are talking about how it is affecting not just us, it's the world. And our show is heard worldwide in Iran, Switzerland, Brazil, oh, my God, Malaysia. I mean, it's crazy. So, guys, take this virus seriously. We are lucky enough to have um, Copperhead, our co-host. Has joined us today, and of course, our constitutional attorney from Warwick and Nunn, 
All Muslim Warwards, and and my name is John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Know Radio. Now back to our discussion. Thank you, John. Let me just jump in there and say that all of those places that you mentioned, Brazil, Iran, Switzerland, all have confirmed cases of COVID-19, and in Iran, several government officials have it, and in Brazil, the president has it. So (laughs) it is definitely a real thing. Our own Congress that are doing the same thing. Well, and yep. did you know Ron, Ron, Rand Paul tested positive? Yes, sir. Right, and now his, some of his associates are uh, now sequestering themselves because of contact with him. And I believe one of Pence's close aides, uh, the vice president Mike Pence's close aides, tested positive yesterday. And see, the biggest sidebar um, to that, the biggest mm-hmm. sidebar to that too, is that that's going to limit um, Congress right now is not doing; they're doing in-person voting which means that people who are in Congress or in the House of Representatives uh, of the Senate are going to lose their vote effectively until they change to electronic vote. And this goes against the the whole non-gathering rule. So why are they gathering multiple necessary representatives of the state and of the nation to vote on things when clearly they can set this up electronically and securely make these votes? I mean this is – this is That's absurd. a really, really good question because they we're not supposed to have more than 10 people in the room. There's definitely more people in Congress. Why are they not FaceTiming each other? Why are they not voting electronically? Why are they Why in the, the same short? place as somebody who tested positive? The, the short answer is because Mitch McConnell will not change the rules. Um, right, and which once again, he's in direct defiance of the law. The law of the land right now says do not congregate, and he's in direct violation of that at the detriment <laughs> of Congress. At the detriment you, you of and what army, uh, Copperhead? That's the same point that I've been making about, you know, so who's going to indict President Trump for murder? <laughs> Attorney but General again, Barr, who's going to who's going to try to enforce that presidential decree as to Mitch McConnell in the Senate? I the mean, scariest thing is this just sets us up in the future for these kind of acts to be normal. And you say mm-hmm. you can't indict the president. Well, now he's pushed the barrel, and now you can't indict the Speaker of the House. Well, now he's pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's what's going to stop them from being completely reckless and just doing whatever they want to do, like they kind of already have? Like stopping the election. Your point, your your point's right. A very good point, John. And your point, Copperhead, I think is well taken. One of the fears that I have is that. Joe Biden, who seems to be the presumptive Democratic nominee for president, does not seem to have the same kind of urgency with regards to the criminal nature of the Trump administration than some of his opponents, than people like Warren and Sanders and um, even um, some of the kind of more middle-of-the-road candidates, like, for example, Andrew Yang – were very forceful in saying, you know, we're going to go after Trump if I'm elected president. Um, and Joe Biden has been very kind of, oh, you know, nothing's going to fundamentally Nonchalant. change. Was a quote Grandpa, that he made. Grandpa Biden about it. Uncle Biden about everything. He right. Well, he's but, and I understand that. He wants to bring everybody together. You keep your enemies close. And what you're saying is, look, Joe, Joe Biden – I will vote for him, and I will campaign for him if he is the Democratic nominee. Don't get me wrong. Donald Trump is a clear and present danger to the United States. Amen. My point is I, I, I'm concerned that what you're saying, Copperhead, is true, 
we need to do something to go after these reckless criminals who are running the Trump administration. It's different from like George W. Bush and Halliburton. Like if you recall, there was a $100 billion no-bid contract given to Dick Cheney's company Halliburton. He was the CEO before he was the vice president. As soon as he stepped down as vice president, he became the CEO. There was a $100 billion no-bid contract. That's pretty criminal. So here's one step further than that. Mm-hmm. We we have Congress right now at a stalemate for these um, funds that are going to be given to the American people. One of the biggest hangups is the Democrats see a need for uh, responsibility and transparency to where these funds are going. Meaning right. that we've already de- we've already bailed out the banks and we've seen major corporations misuse these funds to repurchase their stocks, to repurchase their um, their interest to make it more viable for their stockholders and shareholders to make a profit. Meanwhile, eliminating positions and eliminating workforce <laughs> by laying off their people and making their workload for the individuals who still are there higher. Oh, okay, let, let me stop you right there. Anyway. Let me stop you right there because that's not what the holdup is. What the holdup is yeah. is there is a motion that is entered. They want to pay the hotels, including Donald Trump's hotels. That's what's holding everything up. No, and all the big airlines. Okay. Both of you are conflating. It, it's close. You're, you're both about right, but not perfectly right. <laughs> it don't, the detail doesn't really matter. The point that I'm trying to make is that um, – the point that I'm trying to make is that Donald Trump – his actions and the actions of his administration are significantly more criminal. Okay. They are significantly more criminal action than, for example, George W. Bush or Richard Nixon. He is a career criminal. Lots of things he has done as criminal, not just a couple of pieces of corruption here and there like former presidents. So I want to see out of the Democrats and Joe Biden. Uh, or whomever the Democratic president is, um, a very severe response based upon the rule of law to really punish these bad actors rather than doing what Obama did, which I think was actually appropriate, and saying we're not going to go after George W. Bush for war crimes. We're not going to do that. We're going to move forward and heal the country during the recession. That's what Obama did, and I actually agreed with that, even though at the time I was a little bit upset. But I think that if Biden or whomever the Democratic president is were to do something like that following the Trump administration, it would be a grave, grave mistake. Well, let me tell you something. Donald Trump Mm -hmm. has known about this virus since January, Mm -hmm. and he chose to do nothing. Almost the opposite. He chose to downplay it. Exactly. And so Mm -hmm. he lied to the American people about it. Now he's trying to look like the hero. I think he purposely did this, allegedly, to stop the election because he knows he's going to lose, even though the Constitution does say he can't. Who's going to enforce right. that? <laughs> Mitch McConnell? You're preaching to the choir, my friend. That is a point that I have made before, and um, I don't necessarily know – I. <laughs> I think you're ascribing too much intelligence <laughs> to the Trump administration. Um, I, I don't think there was some sort of grandmaster plan to manipulate the coronavirus to be worse than it is to crash the economy so that Trump could save it. I don't think that's 
that's too like conspiracy. You're giving him too much thought. Yeah, exactly. He was, he's just inept and, you know, thought that he could bluster his way through it. Like he blusters through everything else and he can't this time. Okay. So let's move on. What the uh, title of the show is should Trump follow Canada? I believe uh, Brazil Mm-hmm. And there's one other place I cannot think of, and freeze all mortgages and freeze all, and not send a thousand dollar check. I think it was Italy, sir. Italy, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And not send out thousand dollar checks to consumers. First of all, you send a thousand or twelve hundred dollars or three thousand dollars to consumers. That's not really going to help them because they still have to pay their bills. Whereas if you freeze everything. That's how you help Americans. What do you think? I think it's very, very interesting, and I like the idea of the first place where we subsidize Americans is with their housing costs. Because as we all know, housing is one of the basic necessities of life and has gone up in price substantially. I mean, in my lifetime, I'm a relatively young man, and I mean, I can remember rent being 500 bucks a month, and now they're 1500 um, so, you know, I, I like the idea, and from a policy perspective, I think it's a great idea, but I'm very, very skeptical that even Democrats in Congress would support that. Um, it would be I, an executive I, I order. Do th- I would, I would say executive Trump order? is doing it as an executive order. Does he have the authority to do that? I mean, I guess that's a legal question. I should know the answer. But um, <laughs> it's it, it, is not only can that happen, but where would the money come from that? Because we've already sunk the housing industry once. The banks did a really good job of that once already this mm-hmm. in the last five years. So right. what is it? Where is that dollar going to come from? Is the taxes going to go well, up? Well, so that I we think can... if I'm understanding the the perspective, the proposal correctly, it would not be a subsidy to renters. To excuse me, to um, Lenders to like mortgage holders to banks and uh, landlords, it would it would simply be an abatement or a uh, forbearance, right. where right. where the renter the or the, the mortgagee would not have to pay. So there would not have so, to be new money. I'm just not sure if he has the authority to. I mean, that's thousands, that's millions of contracts. Can he just right. back, suspend that, that millions of back in nine, like that? Back in nine eleven, my particular. Should- I can remember where Chase Bank. Mm-hmm. I can remember where Chase Bank w- froze your mortgages for ninety days. Right now, they put it at the end of your mortgage, but you didn't mm-hmm. pay a mortgage payment for ninety days. That's called a forbearance. Right now, yeah, okay, so that that would be what would happen. Like right now, I live in a house that the owners mm-hmm. own that I'm renting. So, but right. that to me is a small business. So how are they going to survive if they are dependent on the rent each month? How are they going to survive three months without me supplementing their income? (laughs) Now you see why the the necessity for a real social safety net like we have in Europe um, is exactly what we need. And for for all times, not just for times of crisis and pandemic, so that Americans – are not living on the financial edge where, you know, they're two or three months of income away from being on the street and homeless. That's inappropriate in the richest country in the history of the world. Well, let me read you what 
uh, Canada says nearly half of Canada's renters live paycheck to paychecks, and the novel coronavirus pandemic is bound to strain their incomes more. Nearly mm-hmm. 3.4 3.4 million Canadian households, their rent income via employment or self-employment, according to the statistics Canada 2016. Uh, the CCP report found that 46% of 1.6 million households of those candidates have savings last them one month or less beyond the 24 mm-hmm. cents don't have savings to get through. So for those who already lost their jobs come March 31st, this is what will happen. They should use little amounts of their savings and manage to pull together in the last few months, or they should keep the money and buy food, set up a political economist. Let's see. Interesting. I, I had yeah. not heard the details of the Canadian situation. Um, but one thing that I find interesting but it sounds is very that unlike America, Canada has substantial social programs like medical leave and sick leave that are required by the government. Um, so they're, do, they're going above and beyond. I mean, they already have the types of programs in place that would help low-wage workers, but they're helping them even more because of this crisis. And my, my point, my overarching point that I was making earlier is that, in my opinion, this is good for progressive politics in America, even though it's, it's kind of a silver lining in a bad situation. But it's good for progressive politics in America because it shows the necessity, how close we, so many of our friends and neighbors and families are to life on the street, which is grossly oh. inappropriate. And I, I would like to see the government do more for those types of families, even when there is not a pandemic. So Prime Minister Trudeau said the government is aware of challenges renters are facing and that the government is working extremely quickly to get money out the door during this extraordinary time. We recognize there are hundreds of thousands of Canadians out there who are applying for e-benefits online. We are working through, including with the step of recalling Parliament tomorrow, which violating the order of uh, (laughs) (laughs) self I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh because this isn't funny. But what else do you do? Laugh or cry? I choose well, to laugh. Well, life keeps going, you know. And, and further, um, furthermore, I have a question about this. Shouldn't we be aware of this month-to-month crisis with when we have things like hurricane, hurricanes come through? Like Katrina is a good example. How many Louisianans lost their homes and were, you know, pipeline pretty much into Texas, into Oklahoma, into to survive. I mean, they, they not only had a ho- no home, they had no job, they had no turnaround. And so we saw massive amounts of people massively transplanted out of New Orleans and out of Louisiana as a whole without anything. And they came up pretty much as vagrants and beggars uh, to a small extent because they were without another month's rent, an- without another month's paycheck. So shouldn't we have already kind of had a microscope on this already? Well, I'm surprised that Trump didn't want to be first doing this. I'm surprised he's, you know, he's been beaten by Canada. He's been beaten by Italy. He's been beaten by Brazil. I mean, he should be the president that wanted to be first. I'm sure he'll take credit for it somehow. It goes on to say they all need to suspend them. They need to suspend them right now. 
They cannot be putting people on the streets when our medical authorities are telling them to stay home. Noted that all providence have physical, have physical capacity in order to extend emergency funds to people, but they can only use regulatory powers to help so far. Our governments have regulatory powers in our hand, he said. They can, they can say we are suspending all evictions and all mortgages in the near future, that, and now we are suspending the rents right now. Awesome. Good for and you. how long is that going to be? Since we don't have an eyeball on the extent of this virus or how long it's going to last, that could be detrimental to our economy in its own way, just for the sure fact we don't have an end, a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, we do, actually. If you follow China, it took China about 90 days to get out of this mess. And if China, if President Trump would have listened to China – and not ignored it and called it a democratic hoax in front of thousands of people. We would I not would say be that China in this is a little bit more militaristic and a little bit more um, extensive with their people, and they have a, their people therefore listen to their um, leaders a little bit more extensively than I think Americans do. So I would ex- I would expect 90 days to be a baseline that we're going to challenge. <laughs> I'm sorry, I find that comical. Gentlemen, um, That's I'd my like to give my closing argument. Closing argument. All right. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> the, the, the general point of this show is that we need to take the coronavirus very, very seriously. It's not about you listening to this online radio show. You're probably under the age of 50. It's about your parents and your grandparents. Stay away from them. Stay out of public places. Practice good social isolation and good hygiene. This is serious. The second point that this show is about is that Donald Trump and the White House, his administration, are not taking appropriate precautions for this pandemic and are lying to your face and using racist rhetoric every single day, which is literally causing people to die. Um, we have to do everything we possibly can get any listener of this show, no matter where they are in the world, do your part to defeat Donald Trump at the ballot box in November, because that is literally the only way to save our Republic. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I bid you adieu. Thank you all so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you, sir. I do want to put that one step. I do want to take that one step further. It's not just the elderly that we need to be concerned of. We are stressing out hospitals. We are putting professional doctors and nurses and volunteers in harm's way when we do not self-contain, when we don't wash our hands. Those are the people that are strained the most. And then on top of it all, anyone who has to associate with you between then and there, everybody is affected by this. You're not escaping it. You're not going to be excused from it. If you separate yourself from society and you self-contain like you're supposed to, you will minimize it. You will have a chance to get through this. This is like a zombie virus in a small way. The less you come in contact with people, the better. The less that you put a strain on the whole, the better. And let the, let the doctors take care of the sick and don't become one yourself. All right, guys. So let's move on to our fitness expert. Tim McCunsby joins us live right now. Hi, say hello to the world, Tim. And Copperhead's with us today. What's up, world? What's up, Copperhead? What's, so, what's Tim, going on, Tim? We're glad to have you on. 
Thank you, man. Can Thanks you for tell having people, me back this week. I appreciate it. Can you tell people that anything they can be doing at home so they're not going stir crazy, like any kind of workouts or, you know, like Copperhead and I are lucky to have weights at our house. And, you know, we're not just laying in bed all day and things like that. And that's so important that America does not stop moving. Do you have any advice for those people that are just so depressed? Uh, I mean, the most simple thing you do is get outside. Get outside uh, by yourself. Put some music in your ears and walk. Be out in the sun. Get your vitamin D. Actually, get your heart rate up just a little bit. And just just do something simple for yourself. Actually, have we have a video on our website of where you went up to the top of a parking garage and you gave us a dance. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I gave the dance because uh, <laughs> I just got super excited uh, that I found a place to hang a T-Rex training equipment. And my friend just happened to pull out a camera. Uh, it was all by random, but I really can't dance, but I was excited about the, <laughs> yes, the equipment. So <laughs> Copperhead, yeah, what did you so think of that dance? That. I think that with a lot of people going home from work and possibly getting laid off, I think a lot of free time is freed up for a lot of people. And the self-contained is a good time to pick up a hobby, like maybe cooking, maybe looking at your diet and kind of organizing that, or maybe picking up a hobby like geocaching or something that will get you outdoors and exploring the world around you and getting away from things like fast food or always relying on the, the TV breakfast or, or dinner that you're cooking in the microwave. This might be a good way for you to kind of pick up some healthy habits or kick some. If you're smoking, if you're doing too much drinking, something like that is easily, easily kind of taken away with the stress being kind of what it is. You're trading out the virus kind of for your work stress. Some people can trade that out and can and adapt their uh, social living and their social daily activities to something a little bit more healthy. Tim? Yeah, I mean, I agree with him. I think I think this is a chance for people to kind of reinvent uh, themselves in a way where they could be more productive with their own time uh, and realize maybe what's more important uh, nowadays, which I think, you know, keeping uh, strong immune systems, keeping ourselves healthy, uh, a little bit stronger and things like that four times like this if we get sick, uh, even just a common cold. So uh, pick up a new hobby, whether, like you said, just anything that can – you know, take our minds off of what's happening and the fast foods and the sugars and stuff that we can't go out and buy. Uh, definitely a good time to start the new healthy habits. I mean, you can like do push-ups and sit-ups and things like that at home, right? I mean, you can do anything body weight at home. I mean, you can just simply just Google body weight exercises. You know, get a million results nowadays. So uh, I think it's just a matter of people just actually, you know, doing the Google search and just following something and just realize how how it makes them feel better after doing it. And getting getting up part, out of the bed, the like you said. Doing it. Yeah, the hard part is doing it. And you're doing it by yourself, so you have to be very confident in what you're doing. And the sad thing is, is that as bad as this virus is, it is going to force us to confront being by ourselves, which could not – it could end up being a good thing after all this. What do you think about that? Copperhead, do you want to go first? I think that learning to be by yourself, like I said, picking up a hobby, whether it's cooking, whether it's, it's reading and learning how to take care of yourself, whether it's geocaching and getting out and exploring the world around you once, once the lift is uh, made on our self-containment. There's so many great and positive things that you can do in, this, in your own personal life to better yourself, and a lot of people keep putting it off, especially look at your New Year's resolutions, look at your go- personal goals, and see where you are 
financially, where you are spiritually, where you are mentally, where you are physically, and see where you are on those goals. Revisit those now before the year gets away from you and you look back and go, well, I didn't do anything on those goals. This is a great time to kind of reevaluate those, spend a little extra time on them now that you have it, and make a positive change in your life. I see why I love him, everybody. Your turn, Tim. You know, it's interesting. I saw I saw someone post today on social media and said, uh, now is the time that I can focus on my, my home, my life, and my health. And I'm sitting there thinking like, man, it's like where where have all – where has our brains gone? Where is our thinking gone? Where, where is our time going? It's like if your home, you know, you know, your physical environment, if that's not important to you, your family, your kids, uh, if that's not important to you, your health, if that's not important to you, like what was important to you before uh, having to stay at home and be and be by yourself at this point with your with your loved ones if you live with them? It's like to me, it's like we have it all we have it all confused and backwards. It's like I'm even confused, like kind of here and there, because you know you want to keep those that you love close to you and you know talk to them every day. You want to keep your house a happy place to make you feel better. So uh, and healthy. it's just interesting the mindset of people nowadays. Yeah. Well, for me, I actually clean the kitchen. I've been in this house for over two years. I hope the owners aren't listening. <laughs> for the very first time, I actually cleaned this kitchen from top to bottom, and it took me five times to clean the stove. And if anybody messes that stove up, I'll kill them. But, you know, it, it's just – it's a sad thing because – we have to look I, – I always try in my life to look at the positive of everything. And our air is getting cleaner. Uh, there's not a bunch of factories that are destroying our air. Or drivers. I'm sorry, what was that? Or drivers' vehicles on the road. I think a lot of people are staying at home, which is going to free up a lot of uh, fossil fuels being used up. Hey, everybody listen up out there. In Dallas, Texas alone, there is a shelter-in-place order that if you ignore, Judge Clay Jenkins will throw your ass in jail. There's no joke about this. If you are pulled over, they're going to put you in jail. And, and if you're one of those businesses that's open. Right maybe they won't take you right then because we don't need an overcrowding of the jail. But this is going to pass. He won't forget you. Trust me. And if you're one of those businesses that's causing uh, the non-essential needs for people to congregate, gyms, uh, bookstores, things like that, that are retail businesses, br brick-and-mortar stores that are choosing to stay open because you're a small Shame business. Shame on you. Or because, yes. Shame or on you. Greed, even worse. You need, to, Shame you on need you. to think about the people around you. That's right. Anybody that is ignoring this order, any restaurant, bar, gym, shame on you. You're putting people's lives in danger, and you could and live, you your live with your parents. That you're supposed to be a part of. And if you live in your with your parents, you literally could kill your parents. Tim, why do you think the younger generation is ignoring this? <laughs> you know, I wish I had to answer that. It's, uh, you know, I'm 37, so I don't know if I consider myself in that younger generation. But I think there are people. I mean, I get mad when I see people who are still partying out and fart on their boats and stuff and being surrounded by other people. And it's like, what are they thinking? It's like, this is more serious than they think. I guess people just think they're not uh, prone to getting sick or they're immune to it or they're 
young and they're tough or something like that. But I mean, it's not really how it works. I'm not really sure what they're what they're thinking on this one. All right, Tim. Here's your, your here's your closing argument, like, Tim. Let's hear it. How about closing arguments already? I thought we have. Uh, do I have any questions to answer? Like other questions? I can pull any email questions if you don't mind. I thought you only be, but I don't mind pulling up questions. Give me just two seconds. Let's do two or three. Let's do two or three and knock, uh, knock out some questions for people. We have uh, people have plenty of time to stay at home and listen on. All right, so you and Top Copperhead converse, and I will go to the email and pull them up. Everybody, if you're just joining us, this is John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Know Radio. We're normally Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time with everything going on with the coronavirus. And remember, the name of the virus is uh, COVID-19, not anything else. Please don't change the name. It's racist if you do. Make sure... (laughs) That you are sheltering place if you're in Dallas County. New York is the place where this is really spreading very badly. Do not go anywhere. You guys talk. I'll be right back. I do want to stress out that just because we're reporting Dallas County as sheltering place, that doesn't mean that you can't shelter at place wherever you live and help minimize some of these. There's going to be a lot of displaced people trying to escape the virus. I know a lot of New Yorkers were trying to get away from the epicenter, and they're going to different places in the United States, which means they could be caring. That means they could be uh, showing symptoms themselves. Everybody has a responsibility to, to wash their hands several times a day, to self-contain themselves, and to minimize this for the impact of everybody. Because one person sick can be a new spread and can exponentially increase rapidly, if not monitored. And, and like I said, doing the due diligence of separating yourself, of washing your hands, and keeping your environment clean. Yeah, I think also, you know, uh, everything Copper said is uh, right on point. And I think if you if you know anyone in the New York area, uh, everyone's supposed to quarantine themselves if they leave the area for at least two weeks. Because um, right now that's kind of the epic center here in the, in the United States. So uh, just be careful with them. And, you know, if you have any loved ones there, tell them to be super careful. And help them monitor themselves and monitor. I mean, it's a little bit of a job to kind of entertain yourself and entertain the people around you. But like I said, pick up new hobbies. The Internet is full of all sorts of, of ideas. I know for a fact that um, Spectrum and uh, ATT, some of our largest telecom communications partners, have been working hard to keep the network strong and to make it more available to more people. So you may not have the devices, but at least you have access to the network. So utilize it the ways you can and find out what you can do for yourself and for your family. All right, so I'm back. So we have a, a lady named Brenda. Uh, Louisville, that's interesting, from Fort Worth, it says, Tim, are you CPR certified, and what other certifications do you hold? Uh, Yes, I'm CPR AD certified, and I'm a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer through uh, the National Academy of Sports Medicine, performance enhancement specialist, um, I have a few other ones through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Uh, one is for group fitness. I think women, one is for women's workouts and one for children workouts. Thank you very much, Brenda. What is that noise in the background? Thank you. 
Um, At okay. my place? I'm, it's somewhere. I just I can't tell where. But this micro, the microphones are very sensitive. So if you have any noise in the background, everybody, turn them off, please. They're being heard worldwide. Okay. What evaluations do you conduct with a new client who's eager to begin a fitness workout with you? And this is from Joey W. from Plano. I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? I was trying to turn the noise down in the background. That was on my end. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right, buddy. What sorry. evaluations sorry. do you conduct with a new client who's eager to begin a fitness workout with you. First and of all, that's Joey you, uh, from Plano. Joey from Plano. I'll uh, send you a questionnaire asking you pretty much what your goals are, uh, current exercise levels. Um, if you're going to work with me in person, I now put on my uh, questions. Uh, if you've been outside the country, places you've visited, uh, just so I have an idea what I'm dealing with. And then if I meet you in person, we'll do body, body weight measurements, pictures, uh, body fat, and we go through an initial workout to kind of see uh, where your fitness levels are. Okay, that's a good answer. Okay, so this is from Julie R. from Dallas, Texas. If a client complains to you about a previous injury, how do you handle that when constructing a fitness workout? And what do you do to prevent a further injury? Good grief, these questions are direct. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I actually have a client now that has uh, rotator cuff in, uh, injuries from swimming previously. Um, basically, I just talked to them about the problem, where it came from, uh, what kind of rehab and stuff they've done with the problem. And pretty much they're, they're usually pretty good about coming with me from their physical therapist on the things they cannot do um, and the exercise that the physical therapist has given them. So usually we'll work on that at the very beginning stages. And probably nine times out of 10, most people are fine with their injuries and they actually get better as our training progresses as we start making muscles uh, a little bit more stronger. So um, people seem to do better with their injuries once they start training. That's awesome. That's three. Do you want to keep going? We have 35. That's probably good. I want to expand uh, a little you. bit on that too. Uh, from what I understand, you, when you gain muscularity and you mine those injuries and you, you uh, are strengthening the muscles around them, that actually helps protect some of those joints and some of those muscles from being injured worse, correct? Correct, yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, Tim, here's your closing argument. I mean, closing argument is Copperhead, you know, everything Copperhead said earlier about the whole coronavirus thing and uh, staying in place, sheltering in and uh, protecting yourself to protect others. Um, you know, we can't stress it enough. So, you know, guys, listen to these recommendations, listen to the news, listen to your governors in your area. Uh, just be safe and, you know, find find stuff to do for yourself. Find a new hobby. Uh, get outside, enjoy the fresh air. Uh, start walking. Just do something for you. Incredible, incredible advice. Thank you so much for joining us later than you normally do. We greatly appreciate it. We love the fact of your of all your social media we repost a lot of your stuff i don't know if you know that or not but i think it brings people smiles to see that you know you do need to take this seriously but you don't need to stop living life that doesn't go out to the young people because the young people are not getting this i don't know if you heard earlier in the show but there was a young kid there's a good picture of him 
they took a picture at a gym, and he's bragging about how he's working out. So I don't know if he's getting a workout in before Judge Jenkins' uh, order went into effect. What the hell are you doing in a gym? I mean, I just don't get it. <laughs> Why is that yeah, open? Uh, yeah, I don't know any gyms that are even open, so I think uh, they should probably look into that one a little bit long, uh, a little bit deeper, and kind of see uh, who's behind all that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tim. That was our fitness trainer, Tim McCunsby. You can send him questions at All You Need to Know Radio and uh, All You Need to Know Radio at gmail.com. He'll be back next week answering your questions. And uh, Copperhead, it's now your time to give your two-minute warning. Two-minute warning. Uh, I, I'm just going to reemphasize shelter in place. Uh, that's the most important thing possible. The less that you expose yourself, the less chances you are to have to spread it, which means it's going to be healthier for wherever you are. That's outside of the United States. The United States that's within the United States. Even if you're in a rural area and you're by yourself, find something to do and keep yourself away from the masses so that you're not perpetuating the issue. You're part of the solution. Thank Speak you so much, hobby, sir. By the way, uh, I, I will say find some so find three recipes that you can find this weekend that or this week that you can cook cleanly yourself. There's plenty of resources on the internet or in books on the shelf. Find something that you can quickly do for yourself and break the habit of fast food, break the habit of eating poorly, and better yourself. That's right, guys. And with that, we are out of time. Remember, hashtag social distancing. It's no joke. You literally could kill someone. I was reading on the internet, there are several of my close friends that have actually tested positive. Of course, I'm not going to name any names, but you need to take this seriously. This is not a joke. You know, Donald Trump lies about everything. We are no longer going to be putting Donald Trump's opinion on this show. We are going to be putting the doctors and the scientists and the people who are not lying to the American people. That's how All You Need to Know Radio is going to do their part. My name is John Hollywood. I'm your host of of, uh, All You Need to Know Radio, America's number one show in the world, thanks to you. We are humbled beyond belief about that. And uh, so from that, I just want to say you live from Dallas, Texas, in my home studio, we are self-distancing. Even self-distance in your house, it's okay. It's okay to be alone. You're also welcome to contact me on Facebook and all our social media. We'll gladly be responding to you. Once again, keep reaching for the stars because that's where it all begins. Never let anyone tell you how to love or who you can love. And don't ever let anyone tell you how to build your life. You are responsible for it. With that, I will say good night. And what have you done today to make yourself feel proud? Look at yourself every day in the mirror and ask that question. Good night. There's so many answers I don't know.